You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Welcome back to another episode of the Live Diet Free Podcast. And we have a client spotlight episode today with our incredible client, Vicki. Thank you so much for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know we were just chatting about where you live. Tell us you know, what you do, your family, kind of what makes you you. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I, my name is Vicki and I just turned 50 last year. So it was a, a big milestone. Um, I'm married. I have two children, two daughters, one 17 and one will be 14 next week. Um, live in uh, a rural area, but my kids are very active. I um, in gymnastics and swimming. So I uh, get to drive the mom bus around a lot and taking kids to activities. We kind of live out. So um, that can be kind of time consuming. I'm also um, an executive director of a nonprofit. So I, uh, you know, I, I carry a bit of stress related to my job. And um, so that can sometimes play into all the other things going on in my life, but uh, it's a, it's a great job. And I, uh, I love, I love all those things, but even when you love all those things, sometimes it's hard to uh, manage them all. Absolutely. So that's a great segue. Tell us a little bit about kind of what prompted you to explore coaching, how you were feeling prior to, and, you know, what you were mainly looking for help with. Yeah. Um, well, I think a little bit of it was, you know, turning 50 is a little bit of a big milestone. I was also like the pandemic and menopause hit at the same time. So that was a, a, a double whammy. Um, so, you know, part of it was you have all these things going on with menopause for years. I mean, I really started thinking about this a few days ago when we talked about this podcast and you know, I guess when I look back at my life, I've really always kind of wished I was thinner or wished I ate better. And exercise wasn't a challenge for me. Like I always enjoyed exercise and doing things outside. And so even if I would kind of fall off the exercise wagon, I could hop back on it and and kind of be okay. But um, when the pandemic hit, and then like I said, with the menopause going on, I just felt out of control. Like I didn't know how to get um, everything going back, I had gained a lot of weight. I had been gaining weight even through, you know, through my forties, just with, again, kind of putting my needs on the back burner and prioritizing all those other things, which, you know, I kind of go around and around about, but that's part of, um, I'm not sad about those decisions just because that's what I wanted to do at the time as a mom and, um, having the job that I had, but, yeah, I think it just all kind of came to a head. And I was just like, it's all out of control. And um, I need I need to figure it out. And I think I we've talked about this before, but I really, um, I felt like I knew all the things I needed to do, but I needed accountability. And um, so the nutrition part was really the part that was where I needed accountability. Um, and so that was, it was kind of like a tipping point moment for me. Was there something specific that prompted you to reach out when you did? 
Um, a little bit. Um, I, you know, I've, like many women, I feel like I had tried, I feel like I had tried everything. I had done supplements. I had done keto. I had done shakes. I had done, you know, I'd even just done like kind of what I thought was like common sense. Uh, and I had tried tracking, I had tried meal prepping. And, um, so I did, I guess I kind of felt like I was at the end of my rope. I also just, I told my sister one day that I just, I was like, I just really feel like out of control. And I was on the verge of like going to, to talk to uh, my doctor about like, maybe I need to try antidepressants. Um, Cause I kind of had this mindset where I was like, if I get that in control, I can get the rest of the stuff in control. If I can stop feeling stressed and, and panicked and out of control, everything else will fall into place. But I feel like what happened is kind of the opposite. Like I did get control of things, but it was through, you know, it was through all the things that I've been learning. And, and so it, it turned out to be a bit of the opposite process. That's so interesting. I was actually just having a similar conversation with my husband earlier about just kind of two different routes to the same outcome. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think what it really, really boils down to is when a lot of things feel out of control at once, it almost doesn't matter what thing you take control of first. It's just that you need to get something squared away, feeling good, and use that as evidence that you can do it with the other aspects that are feeling out of control too. Yeah, I think that is exactly, that, that's exactly it. I mean, it, it was like, just everything felt like the, it was out of control on, at one time on top of me. And I do think, I mean, some of that maybe I think everything was, um, you know, the pandemic played into that a bit for everybody's feelings of mental health. I'm, um, but so, yeah, it was just all the things at the right time were like, you got to do something. <laughs> that totally makes sense. Was there, um, I think menopause is such an interesting topic because we work with a lot of women in, you know, late thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. And it's, I always think it's so funny when I'll see in Facebook groups, you know, women as early as mid to early thirties talking about, Oh, I'm wondering if it's menopause. I'm like, maybe, but, but probably not. We can't, we can't blame menopause for everything for like a 40 year span. <laughs> There's, yeah. There are other things. Um, but that's certainly not to downplay just how difficult it can feel and be to manage. And that's why I love having women like you on the podcast who can speak from experience and say, my age is not holding me back. It doesn't matter that I'm menopausal. I am doing these things anyway. So with that, tell us a little bit about your progress so far. Kind of what have you accomplished? What's different now than when you first started coaching? Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I mean, I really, I can't believe how much is different. Um, I, you know, when I first started meeting with my coach, Amber, I would talk to her, I was like, I hate meal prep. I hate food tracking. I, and, and, you know, so we just started off and I even told her, I was, it's just funny because I was looking back at my notes and I was like, I just need to start slow. Like I know my personality and I want to, I want results quickly. So I jump in and I want to do all the things. And two weeks later, I'm not doing any of the things. And so I'm like, I'm doing it differently this time. And so I was like, I'm going to focus on one or two things at a time. Even looking back, I'm like, I still had probably bigger goals 
than I either met or maybe could have. But I, um, you know, slowly, like, and she'd say, okay, let's just do this and let's just do this. And so slowly those things kind of started becoming like routine or easier. I'm like, okay, or I can figure out if I didn't meal prep, I can figure out how to go grab something from either a restaurant or just run at the grocery store and pick something up on a day that I'm out and and need to. Um, So I think, you know, my habits have changed immensely just before we hopped on this call, I would not have like, said, I have 59 minutes to work out, so I'm going to do it. I would have been like, well, I don't have enough time. Um, And I do remember going back a little bit. I'm sorry, but I remember listening to your Instagram stories. And one time you made the comment about, um, is it that you really don't have time or are you not prioritizing? And that was like, ouch. And I think that actually shortly after that is when I, when I called you, when I set up a meeting and, um, and so anyway, moving back forward. And so, you know, Amber even worked with me a lot about time management. She's like, okay, pick out these three, pick out these three things you want to do and put them in a calendar, put them on your schedule and just make that happen. And sometimes it would even be like my work schedule wasn't even really related to what I thought was going to be happening in, in coaching. Um, So there's so many habits that I've acquired, but I think really the biggest change is in just my mindset about how I'm, how I approach everything. Really. I was uh, listening to on my way bringing after dropping my daughter off to school, I was listening to one of the um, group podcasts about mindset and not the intro, but it was a different one. And um, so many things were resonating with me and just like, it's also helpful to have those podcasts because it's just reminders. I'm like, oh yeah. Like, and so the big thing that resonated with me is these stories that we tell ourselves. And I'm kind of astounded at the stories I've told myself. I'm, I might get emotional. Like the stories I've told myself about me over the years. So anyway, so just that work has been amazing. And it's made a big difference in like being able to do all the other things. So like the habits have changed immensely, but some of the mindset work has been what's been able to allow me to either make those changes or really to keep the changes. Like, so, um, so yeah, so (laughs) habits and mindset, I think are just the two biggest, the two biggest things. And I just, I feel like, I don't feel like it's a thing that I have to like force myself to do now. It's like, these are the things that I'm just doing. And really when I look back, it's a really short time period. I always wanted the, I always wanted the results in a month (laughs) or two months. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's only been four months. And, um, and I feel just like, I feel like I'm on a trajectory for a different path than I felt probably in August or September. That's amazing. There's so much, there's so much that you touched on that I want to go back to, but I do want to talk about your physical results because I'm looking at your initial photo and a photo from a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. on on the scale, I think you're down ten ish pounds, so you know roughly a mm-hmm. pound a pound ish a week. Um, but these photos are mind blowing. You've got some major abs coming in. What have you noticed um, physically? I would imagine your clothes are fitting differently. 
how are your energy yeah. levels, things like that. Yeah, um, I know. And those photos were very hard for me to take in the beginning. Um, and but when I finally took a second set of photos, that was even really when I was like, oh my gosh, there is like significant changes, much more significant changes than I thought I was going to see. And so that was, that was fun. But yeah, I mean, my clothes are definitely fitting better. Um, I do. I feel so much better. And I also, it kind of comes back to that mental thing. I just feel more confident. I feel better walking around. Like I am not, I mean, I've gotten to a point where I was pretty self-conscious of like my physical appearance. And I, I mean, I hate even admitting that, but it's true. And um, so I just feel, yeah, I feel so much more confident. I feel like I can do more. I'm already like excited about, um, you know, going skiing and biking. Like I can't wait for the summer to come up. I've got some big bike rides planned. And so I am like sticking to a kind of a plan to prepare for those. And I just, I just feel so much better. That's yeah. The, the scale has moved. If you would have told me when I started this program that, that I would just be down 10 pounds, you know, I would have thought about it that way, but those pictures, I even, I never had even shown my husband like anything like that. And I finally, I was like, you're not going to believe this. And you know, he was like, well, I do believe it. I see it. You just don't see it in yourself, you know, because anyway, so it was exciting. That's such a good point. And that that brings us back to something that I want to dive a little bit more into, which is you kind of talking about the mental progress. And that's something that I find so interesting because the majority of our clients say the same thing. That's some of the progress they're most most proud of and that's been the most impactful is not on the scale or in measurements. It's in the mental piece. And I think it's when when you haven't experienced it, it seems like such a hard thing to comprehend. It's like, okay, but you wanted to lose weight. So like, why isn't that the most important thing still? So it's hard to convey to someone that, yes, it's still important, you know, how I how I look and how I feel, but you realize how much more important and how much your mental state affects your your potential and your results. So you mentioned something that I know I've done an episode on. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but the concept of the stories that we tell ourselves and how those can either sort of keep us stuck and keep us trapped Mm -hmm. in this current version of ourselves, or we can start to rewrite those stories and start believing in our potential and this future version of ourselves who is excelling and happy and confident in those things. If you don't mind, what were one or two of the stories that you kind of unearthed through the coaching process that you realized were A, holding you back and B, just not true? Yeah. I think the biggest one when I think about it is just this idea of like that I can't do it, that I'm I'm the type of person I don't follow through, I can't stick to it, I'm not accountable to myself. And because I, I mean, you know, I had tried many times. And so to me, I, it was true because I had proven it. Like, and so, and the same thing even goes like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, run a 5K and, and try to, you know, get my time down or, or a half marathon or something like that. And I just, I wouldn't stick with it. And so I had, that's the biggest one for sure, is that I had just started telling myself that I'm that kind of person that I can't follow through and I just can't succeed at this. 
a little bit of it too was I think in part of that story, especially just around um, probably nutrition. I think about weight loss, but now I kind of think about it more as nutrition than I do like weight loss. But I also told, I think I told myself that, um, oh, other people have it easy. Like other people, that's just part of their genetic makeup or whatever. Like they don't crave those foods or they don't, they just don't, they have a better metabolism than I do, or they're a morning person. And, you know, really when I've like listened to either your podcast or other things, it's like, no, people are working hard and people are putting their priorities in different places. And like, where are my priorities? Um, and, and so a little bit of it was a story I was telling me about myself, but then another part of it was like, I was almost telling myself stories about other people to make me feel better. And that didn't get me anywhere though. I mean, <laughs> and so it was like, Oh, when people meal prep, they actually prioritize it and take the time and say, I'm going to do this to make it happen for myself. <laughs> like it doesn't magically happen for other people either. <laughs> yes. That's an incredible point. Those of you listening, I would go back and rewind that and listen to it again because that's such a great realization. And I can tell you, having talked to and coached hundreds, if not thousands of women, the thought that everyone else has it easier is so common that mm -hmm. we all think everybody else has it easier. And that, you know, just starting to question that and really take ownership of it. I think that's what it really boils down to is that you kind of realize other people are working hard. Other people are making this a priority. Like you said, nobody has, you know, most people don't have this surplus of time where they're just like, oh, I'm just twiddling my thumbs, might as well spend the day meal prepping. Most people yeah. realize aren't like that. But like you said, it makes us feel better to um, kind of shirk the responsibility. No, it's not that I'm not doing it. It's that other people, you know, their lives are just set up differently. It just comes more easily to them. Yeah. So it can be that kind of a tough pill to swallow at first of like, ugh, you know what? Seems like I'm here because of the choices that I've been making. Um, yeah. But then on the flip side of that is great. That means that the choices I make can get me to where I want to be. And that's where it kind of comes back to the self-concept. And when you said, you know, I'm the type of person who I feel like for everybody listening, fill in that, you know, finish that sentence for yourself. What, how are you categorizing yourself? There's probably, you know, you can fill that in with a lot of different things, but I think we need to be really careful with the boxes we put ourselves into. Even the things that seem pretty innocuous, like uh, I'm a morning person or I'm, you know, I'm either all in or all out. Things that like don't necessarily seem like a negative kind of trait can be if you are using it against yourself. I did the the morning person thing for a long time where I told myself, mm -hmm. if I don't get a workout in first thing in the morning, then it's not going to happen later in the day. And it's true. I prefer to do mornings, but right. I was using that to justify not being flexible and not making my goals a priority, no matter what that had to look like. So I would, I think that's a great exercise to kind of ask yourself, okay, what are those, what are those categorizations and how are they serving me or how were they maybe serving me in the past? And now they're not. Um, I think the perfect example is something you touched on a second ago, which is you're doing the power zone challenge on, on the Peloton and with the weather in your area, school closing early, this podcast being on your calendar, it would have been very easy to justify, oh, my workout just kind of got squeezed out of the day. I wasn't anticipating 
all of these things happening. It's not my fault. I would have done it if the day had gone according to plan, but you know, here we are. Yeah. But instead, you decided it's important to me. I'm going to make it a priority, even if that means it is rushed or a little bit imperfect. Done is better than perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I looked ahead because I did. I was like, well, I'm just going to have to wait and do it tomorrow. And then I kind of looked ahead to the next few days. I was like, oh, nope, it's it's now put on those shoes and go. <laughs> I love it. And so, yeah. Yeah, it is. And that was a big thing. I've had to get myself up off the couch at 830 at night a few times. And like, I'm like, well, I could sit here and watch this show or, or scroll on my phone or whatever, but that's not going to get me where I want to be. So even if it's 30 minutes of, of doing something. So it, it, that's been another, yeah, it's one of those habits that I'm, I'm creating and, st- and trying to stick to. Yes. And what's so interesting is now to an outsider looking in who you know, hasn't heard you say this, someone might look at you and think, she just has it easier than me. She's just always motivated. She likes to exercise. So it doesn't matter if it's late at night. She you know, just wants to do it anyway. And in reality, knowing the other side of it, you're like, no, no, no. I'm just making myself do the things because I know it's worth it. It's not that I want to. It's not that it feels easy. It's that it's something that I value. So I make it a priority. I think this is something I heard a a while back and I am finally, I think, practicing it um, is that idea that we need to stop talking about motivation. Motivation is, (laughs) gets us nowhere. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it just because there are so many days I'm not motivated to do a lot like, and, but you know, I'm not necessarily motivated to get up and make my kids lunch before it's six in the morning for them to go to school or whatever, but it's like, but I do have to do it. And so I have tried to change my mindset around that idea too. It's like, no, I'm actually not motivated to do this right now, but I'm going to do it because when I look at my week, this is where it fits and I got to get it done. And that idea of future self too, because my future self needs me to do this right now. <laughs> There's another golden nugget for you guys to take from this episode. I, I'm, I'm the same way when people ask you know, in, in Facebook groups, how do you stay motivated or help me get motivated again? It's so hard sometimes to be patient when I just want to be like, you don't stay motivated all the time. Nobody does. It's not about that. Um, yeah. And what you said is, is the perfect kind of bigger explanation of that, where we literally do things all day recurringly that we don't want to, but we do them because we want the result. Most of us don't want to do laundry, but we want clean clothes. You don't right. want to make your kids lunch, but you want kids who aren't starving. The, yeah. the outcome is that, you know, is what we're after, but you have to put in the work to get there. So you're absolutely right that it's, it's like, let's just take motivation off the table and let's figure out how do I make it a habit? How do I make it a routine? How do I just, you know, have the discipline when I need it to say, too bad. This is what I plan to do. So... I'm doing it because I know it's in my best interest and you're in the interest of my future self. If you are loving this episode and you are not yet a client, what's stopping you? We would love to be able to support you beyond this podcast. And we have a variety of options to do so that work with all budgets and needs. You can go to estheravant.com slash work dash with dash us and learn more about all of them, including our premier 12 week one-on-one program, Gone for Good. There were a couple more things you said uh, many, many moons ago that I want to come back to. 
Uh -huh. First one was that in the beginning of coaching, you were talking to Amber about, you know, I hate tracking my food. I hate prepping. And I think this is such a common thing. And a lot of you listening might be thinking like, hey, yeah, me too. I don't like doing those things either. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because my theory is that we dislike things for you know, a few reasons. The two that I'm thinking of are, number one, we don't like things that we're not very good at or we don't know if we're doing correctly. And number two, we don't like doing things that we don't think have value or serve a purpose. So what I see a lot of times with people who are new to food tracking or new to meal prepping is you just don't really know what your process looks like or how to do it so that it feels pretty easy. And you don't necessarily trust that doing it consistently is going to pay off. And that kind of masquerades as, oh, I just hate doing it. When in reality, yeah. if, you, if it felt easy and if you knew that it was going to get you to the goal, then would you really hate it? Right, right. Yeah. So we talked, Amber and I talked a lot about both of these things. Um, you know, I admitted to her, I was like, I really, I don't like cooking. Like I just, I don't like spending time in the kitchen. And so my husband does 90% of our dinner. Like he does more cooking than I do. And so, you know, that idea. And then I also, it's another story I told myself, I was like, Oh, but I just really love food. And, you know, so I want all my, every meal to be amazing. And, and I was fasting through the morning because I don't like breakfast. And anyway, so again, when I think about the stories, I'm like, oh, I told myself a lot of stories. Um, but the um, part of it was that it was, A, it was easier than, you know, like we would start with just like kind of simple hacks. And in, in our Facebook group the other day, we were talking about it. I've eaten the same breakfast for like almost four or five months, most days. And I'm really okay with that because I like it. It's easy. I even prep it sometimes the night before and I take it with me to work because I leave the house early. And I'm, I'm really satisfied with that. And it's like, actually, I'm really more satisfied with these, with the food I'm eating now, because I do know that it's nutritious and it's helping me meet my goal than this idea that I like that I love food and I don't want to give up anything. And I haven't given up anything. You and I talked about this one other time in the, the 12 or 13 weeks when I first did the program, I traveled 10 of those weekends. I was gone. So this is not like something where I'm just sitting at home eating nothing, but like the most nutritious foods, but I learned how to like make good choices on the fly, figure out how to track early. And um, so, you know, it, it, it wasn't always easy, but, um, but I, I figured it out and I just really figured out, okay, it, it kind of comes back to those stories. Sometimes on a Sunday evening, I just felt like I deserve to sit down and just relax. Like, I don't want to go meal prep for the next three days, but it came back to getting control of those things. But that habit was allowing me to then just Monday morning feel out of control. And so it really just took a few times with light bulbs going off being like, oh my gosh, this day was so like in control and calm. And I met my targets with my, you know, my calories and protein and I did everything. And I was like, it really, and I've, you know, I've, I use some hacks. I don't do, um, I don't make big elaborate things. Sometimes it's like, looks like a seven-year-old's lunch. Um, I've got turkey slices, berries, and carrot sticks. And, but 
when I eat that, I feel much better than if I would have had some like big Caesar salad with lots of dressing or, you know, whatever. And so, um, so I've figured out hacks that work for me. I figured out kind of menus that work for me and then everything else kind of falls into place or, you know, I'll, I'll just, um, I do figure it out a little bit as I go, probably more than, than some, but it's working. Everything you say, I, I'm taking notes like feverishly trying to write down all of the things. Um, so I, I won't go back to all of them, but I yeah. think the, the thought, you know, I, I love food. Most people love food. There's no, yeah. no reason that you can't love food and be happy with how you look and feel. But I think so often we, again, kind of use that as an excuse. Uh, well, you know, some people just just like healthy foods more or some people don't, you know, don't care about food. So it's easier for them. You can, both of those things can coexist. And mm -hmm. sometimes I think we give ourselves so much or so many, so much criteria that we put ourselves in an impossible position where it's like, okay, well, I don't want to be spending much time meal prepping, but I also don't want to spend much time cooking each day. And I want the meals to be gourmet tasting, but I also don't want to work on my cooking skills and, 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 and we just like yeah. back ourselves into a corner where it's like, well, okay, there's no, there's no solution. So you acknowledging that sometimes you just have to put in some trial and error and figure out, like you said, what are my systems? What are my go-to meals? How is it that, of course, you want to enjoy your food, but every meal yeah. doesn't need to be amazing. And even in, even if you weren't at all worried about nutrition or your health or your weight, you still wouldn't love every meal. Lots of meals taste good in the moment, and then you don't feel great after and things like that. So just kind of working through all of those stories, like we've been talking about and realizing okay, I have to be willing to try here. I have to be willing to do some things differently. And that's something that, um, oh, two things I wanted to, to yeah. go back to that you mentioned. One is, you know, kind of on the weekends when you're not wanting to meal prep, but you're also not wanting to go into the week unprepared and, and having things feel out of control. I think a lot of times, we're sort of deciding between two undesirable things and you just have to figure out which one outweighs the other. Am I willing to sacrifice this, you know, 60, 90 minutes right now to have a smooth in control beginning of my work week? Or do I want to have that downtime right now and accept that these next few days are going to feel chaotic. I'm not going to be prepared. I'm probably not going to hit my goals. Um, that I think we want there to be one like obvious, oh, I want to do this one. And it's the one that's aligned with my goals. But oftentimes it's just deciding yeah. which, one, which one do I want least and you know, which one am I willing to follow through on? Before I worked in, before I was self-employed, I was working two jobs and my only opportunity to work out was like crack it on in the morning. Mm -hmm. Every single morning, the alarm would go off. My initial reaction was, I do not want to do this. I want to hit snooze. I want to go back to sleep. And the thing that was always going through my mind was, I'm going to want to do it even less later. If the alternative is I do it after my second job and it's you know one o'clock in the morning, well, that's not appealing. So, right, which which is kind of the the less bad of your of your options, and which one ultimately is going to set you up for for the future success. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to to touch on. You mentioned earlier that in the past you had tried all of these different things and you had a habit of 
undertaking all these different things at once, doing, you know, changing everything and then doing what most people do, kind of sputtering out, losing motivation, getting overwhelmed, getting burnt out, whatever, and giving up. And I think it's so admirable that when you entered into coaching, you were really focused on, okay, I've tried that approach before repeatedly, and I know that it doesn't work. So as unfamiliar as it might feel to take it slower and to do it one thing at a time, really, what do I have to lose? Because doing it the way that feels more natural or that my kind of default is, hasn't been getting the result that I want. And I think what I see, especially, so you guys will be hearing this uh, later in the year, but we're recording it right after New Year's. And especially this time of year, there's so many people who are just kind of banging their heads against the wall of, okay, every January, I set this goal. Every January, I try to approach it the same way. Every year, it falls flat. And you really do need to get to a point where you realize, I have to go about this differently. Can you speak to how you sort of reach that conclusion yourself and how you were mentally ready to go about this differently? Yeah. Um, well, I, like I said before, for me, like in the past, through my 20s and 30s, and, and really, I guess, 40s as well, um, you know, exercise was always my go-to. When I was in my 20s and 30s, and even after I had, so I didn't have my first daughter until I was 32. Um, and after I had her, I got in like probably the best shape of my life. And it was just, you know, because I could kind of exercise my way out of everything. And it's like, I loved it. We, we, we do a lot. And so I was like, okay, well, as I got older, that wasn't working as much. I, and, um, and I also became a little more sedentary as, uh, you know, when my kids were, you know, out of kind of, early elementary, getting into middle school, and then even into high school, you know, they start getting into activities. Like I said, we live in a rural area. So sometimes I used to drive my daughter an hour each way to swim. So I spent two hours sitting in the car. I actually wouldn't take that back for anything because it was amazing time to like talk and, you know, all those things, but it was just the reality of where I was. And so I was, my job became more sedentary and the food habits weren't changing for the better. And so I had read some stuff a while back, you know, it's like you can't out bike, out run, out work out your way out of bad nutrition. And so I knew that that was really the key for me. And so I just kept saying, even though my default was still like, oh, I'll just exercise 30 minutes longer. Um, but that was the part I could not get in control. And it was that, you know, we talk about starting over every January. For me, I can't tell you how many Mondays I started again. Oh, I blew it. On, I blew it. So I'm just going to eat the rest of the week. And sometimes that would start on Tuesday and I'll start next Monday. And so I've had a thousand Mondays in my life where I was going to start again. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I know I have to do the nutrition part. And like I said, I kept thinking, well, I know what all I need to do. I just need the accountability. But I I learned way more than I I even knew that I needed to know if, or that I thought I knew. Um, and so um so I think for me, again, it was, you know, I've just I've I've tried all those other things before. And so I was like, if I want this to work, I've got to do it differently. There's that saying that, 
you know, doing the same thing and expecting different results is, is ignorance or I, I forget how it goes. But, um, and so I really, I, I was ready. I was ready to try something differently. So I knew, I knew the key for me was the nutrition piece, but that was also the story I'd always told myself that I, I couldn't do that part. I couldn't control my cravings. I couldn't uh, plan my meals. I couldn't uh, do that. So so to someone who's listening to this and is really resonating with, you know, kind of Vicky from six months ago, it kind of, as someone who in the last couple of years has really started learning more about, you know, mindset work and just how powerful it is. But prior to that, it seemed like very woo woo and like this sorcery of like, well, what do you mean? You just decided this was a story and then it wasn't serving you. And now you think differently, like, what is that process like? So how did you go from telling yourself all of those things about how you can't to finding this place where you do believe in yourself and you show up for yourself and you're accountable to yourself. What is that actual kind of process like? Well, when I first listened to the intro to mindset podcast, you know, and I was, you know, I was like, wow. And I, I I have a master's degree in psychology. So I feel like, I mean, I don't practice necessarily. I mean, I'm not in practice in clinical psychology, but I don't even really practice in the world of psychology. And uh, I just listen to some of that stuff. And I do think that we are at a time and a place where like mental health is seen differently than it was even just a few years ago. And so, um, but when I listened to that first podcast and it was doing some of the curriculum parts of that, I started just thinking about that. And I was like, what is it that I tell myself? And so, it, I mean, it's it's working on it. And sometimes when I, I, I go down that road and I actually just physically, I'm like, okay, stop. That's not the story. That's That's not true. Like you can sit here and roast Brussels sprouts, it's going to be okay. <laughs> or, you know, or you need to like, like I said, like that decision point sometimes is like, oh, I'm just so tired. And I'm like, am I really that tired? Or do I want to make the decision to do X, Y, and Z and be that person that I can be? I just have not, you know, made the decisions to do that in the last time or prioritize those things in the last time. Um, and so, yeah, it, it it resonated with me way more than I ever thought it would. And um, I think there, there are just tips. There's also like, I've, I've done a few things. Um, I have my little journal and I've done a few things where I will go back and just revisit things too. One of the things I did um, was make an, an acrostic poem. I think that's what they're called where you oh, cool. use the first letter about consistency. Cause I did know too, I was like, that's going to be the key for me is being consistent because that's where I've always failed in the past. Um, so, you know, so sometimes it's, it's revisiting those things. It's also a little bit like when I'm feeling stuck or questioning myself or just, you know, like in a little bit of a slump or whatever, that's I'll pick out an office hours podcast or I'll pick out one of the other podcasts or something that I want to, and I will like kind of immerse myself back into the I'll get on the the Facebook group and be like just give myself kind of with the lack of um you know we, we talked about it's not always motivation so it's like well how do I I need to find those little um indicators or just little things that will give me um a little pep talk and uh get me get me back where I want to be mentally around the whole thing I love that. You touched on so many really important parts of it. I 
notice how careful you are with the language that you use. And <laughs> I think that's that's really important is you you choose your words intentionally and you're thoughtful about which ones you're choosing and why and how you're phrasing things, um, which is a great place to start. And the way you kind of walked us through, you start by just thinking and noticing, what am I telling myself now? And then mm-hmm. you start questioning, is that really true? Or is that what I want to keep thinking? And over time, you know, this isn't like a, an overnight fix. You don't wake up one day and you're like, oh, I just don't have those. I just don't believe those things anymore. But no. you put in work, just like you put in the time in the gym, just like you put in the time with planning your meals. You put in the time on being more intentional about your thoughts. And with that time comes belief. And mm-hmm. you kind of, even before you necessarily believe those things to be true, you just kind of entertain the possibility that they could be. And you practice showing up accordingly. And then every time you do, every time you choose that new story, it gets more and more believable until you just have kind of fully stepped into, this is my truth now. Yeah. I thought about that earlier this morning, just about like the domino effect or spiraling, like spiraling kind of like that out of control and reinforce, you know, reinforce your stories and reinforce your habits or whatever. And I was in the downward spiral. The same thing I feel like, you know, it happens in the opposite direction. And that's where I feel like I am now that I'm each new habit helps me enforce the story I want to know, or, you know, I want to tell about myself. And so it's, I'm on with the building blocks, like kind of going up and um, that's, that's an exciting place to be. I have, you know, I've admitted to Amber, we've talked about this before is um, the idea or the concern of, especially early on of like, I know I won't always feel this good about the the process and the place that I am. And I'm scared of what that's going to feel like again. Um, so we've kind of talked that, you know, talked about that some and addressed it and, and how do you get back there? And, and anyway, it's a, I'm, I'm knocking on wood because I feel that's why I think I was starting to think about this like spiraling concept or domino effect that it's like, it just keeps building upon itself and, um, in the right direction for me. Absolutely. And I think when you're caught up in the downward spiral, it's hard to understand how, how you could feel anything but that way, just really out of control yeah. and bogged down. And, um, you know, you were talking in the beginning about the mental health, health piece of it. It's very tough when everything is feeling negative. And the flip side, though, is that when you do kind of pick that one area of your life that you're going to focus your energy on turning around, it's just as easy to get caught up in that positive spiral where you start to see the good in things. You start to see the positivity. You start to see your your potential. And you start to see that you have so much more control over all those things than you thought. And I think the concern of you know not always being in in that headspace is one that a lot of people have and you just feel like okay well you know everything's going well now but kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and i think this is something yeah. i've mentioned on a previous episode but i mentioned something similar to a business coach a couple of years ago where i was like you know everything i feel like i'm finally getting some momentum everything is going really well i'm i'm waiting for like the business gods to come down and strike me and she was like well that's silly because you made up the business gods. So why would they want anything but success for you? And I feel like it just like 
put it such in its place that, okay, yeah, so so what if you're not always feeling this great or this in control? You still have the power to create whatever you want. You still will be able to get yourself back to a good place. But in the meantime, why why ruin what's going well right now with anticipating what might potentially go wrong in the future, even though if it does, it'll be fine. Right. Yeah. So, all right, let's um let's bring this uh this full circle. So, what advice would you give to someone who is feeling now like you were before coaching? I mean, my advice would be to sign up for coaching. Um, it, I mean, it was, you know, it, it was a big, I had been following you, your um, Facebook page and then following you on Instagram. And um, I had recently even tried a, a mountain of it's a similar, uh, kind of a similar program with similar information, but a lot less, um, no real coaching. It was just kind of like, here's the information, do it. Um and again, for me, I knew I needed the accountability of checking in with somebody. I, um, but I thought I just needed accountability. Like, but I got way more. Like I, like I said, I got like problem solving. It, I mean, it, it's coaching, but it's like I got somebody to help me problem solve and come up with like really solutions that work for me. I take it back to like the food prep thing. What I ended up coming up with with Amber is like. I started, I was like, okay, if I can just, if I have stuff in my refrigerator that I can get through Monday, I would prefer to do like a real food prep on Monday evening when my week's kind of already started and I'm in the, I'm kind of in the motion of like work and schedule instead of kind of relaxing family time or whatever. And so like, that was a solution that we kind of came up with together. And so um, again, it was so much more problem solving and so much more of the, the mindset work and the, the curriculum and anyway, but it, it really like, and I told you this before, like when the price tag, I was like, am I really going to do this? And I was like, it is the best money I have spent on myself in forever. Like, I mean, it just really, um, I, you know, I, I, I get emotional about it when I talk about it. It changed my life so much. Like it just, it changed my life for the better in more ways than I feel like I can, I can discuss. And so um, it's hard to just put the words, it's hard to put words to it, but it, it really is. Um, I, I would do it a hundred times over again. <laughs> that makes me so happy to hear. And we like to compare ourselves to being the GPS that you, all of our clients are in the driver's seat. We're the ones that can kind of lay out here are the different routes. Here are the pros and cons, the potential obstacles. I'm going to be right here with you, helping you get to that destination. And together we're going to figure out how to solve whatever problem comes up along the way. And that means thinking outside the box and figuring out, okay, what really is the, the, obstacle. It's not that I'm like physically incapable of prepping some food. So what is it? Oh, you know what? It's that it's on Sunday and I just don't, I don't want to do it then, but I'm fine with doing it on Monday. Those small things, just being able to kind of get out of your head and lay the issue out on the table and have somebody objective who can be like, okay, here's what I'm hearing. Does that sound like what you're saying? Let's brainstorm the solutions is just invaluable. And ultimately, you are the one who has changed your life. You have done the work. You have been coachable. You have been implementing the the 
strategy that you and Amber have put together. And you have yourself to thank for your success. So I really hope that you're so proud of everything you've accomplished so far and have the confidence to know that you can accomplish whatever else it is you decide to tackle. So thank you so much for being here. It is, you've really dropped uh, so much incredible information. I hope you guys listening have enjoyed this. If you are interested in coaching, reach out to me. You can find me on social media. You can go to sdrm.com slash call and we can chat about what that looks like. But Vicky, thank you again so much for your time and congrats again on all of your success. Thank you. If you like this podcast, you will love the deep dive that we provide on our consult calls. When is the last time you actually set aside any chunk of time to just think and talk about yourself, about your goals, and really dug into what's actually standing in your way? Just that alone, just having a sounding board for your thoughts can be incredibly eye-opening and help you get that aha moment that you need to actually take the first step toward lasting change. If during our conversation, we know for sure we can help you bridge the gap from where you are now to where you want to be, then we'll offer to share with you what our one-on-one coaching experience is like and how we can help support and guide you to that goal. You can book a call with us at sdravent.com slash call, and we can't wait to get to know you. 